Hey, what's up, you guys? Thank you for tuning in for a special edition of the words that spoke to myself. Um, I read this awesome book back in February, and it was entitled We Are Immeasurable, and it's written by B.L. McGrew, and she has been kind enough to share her time with me, and we are going to discuss it. Welcome, B.L. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing well. First, uh, let me just thank you for just taking a minute out of your busy schedule to even um, do the podcast with me. I know you started a new job recently, and I know how that can be. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I want to thank you for this. I'm really excited. So, (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I have a uh, uh, a soft spot for the independent author out there especially our black authors yes. and just trying to do what I can to help promote you guys because I know it's not easy right and um, make sure they know that you are just as talented if not even more so than some of the uh, people who are assigned to major publishing companies oh that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> I'm just cute. saying I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> You know, um, so let's first just talk about we are immeasurable. Now, I know this is your second baby. Yes. And, you know, like I said, I read this back in February and it was right after I found out I was diagnosed with conversion disorder, Mm. which basically is um, a psychological disorder that is um, brought up. I bring myself into the situation by levels of stress and um, being tired. And so it was a a major shocker because I was in the hospital for 10 days. Oh, wow. And once they finally diagnosed me and I'm like, wow, I'm under that much stress that I almost, you know, literally died. (laughs) So it's kind of crazy where you, you know, when you think about it, like when people say stress kills, it really can. But um, so I was just coming out of being in a hospital and trying to get back to normal um, as normal as I can be uh, with the condition. And this is the second book or the, the actually it's like, cause I read a series in January, but this is what I ended up reading in February. So when I tell you this book is everything and more to me, like oh. I'm so serious because you present something that seems impossible to overcome. But in fact, she does not in a way yes. most people would think she will but yeah. uh Maisie is a very strong person yeah. and I swear Barnaby needs to exist in this world oh, today <laughs> let me tell I think that's why before I even say anything about the book I just want to say that just made me really emotional about what you were going through because I will say um we were supposed to do an event back in February and I had a lot of stuff going I was moving too and I just want to say you were going through all that and you were yeah. so professional and kind and your energy was amazing during that time. You'd mentioned that you were going through some, you know, health issues, but I would have never thought it was this serious. So like your energy is just amazing that you were able to, you know, just stay positive during that. Like, I didn't know it was that bad. I know you mentioned it and, you know, that's why, you know, some things changed in February, but I didn't know it was like that. So God bless yes. you. I'm so happy. Oh. You, I hope you're doing better. It sounds like you're doing better, but um, wow. But um, <laughs> <Thank> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I always say, um, I just have this thing where I have to write these perfect guys and perfect like within reason, not like actual perfect. Like oh, they never argue with you and they look perfect. Da da da. I mean, just 
as a woman, we know there are certain things that if like a guy said it when you're going through a specific thing, you'd be like, that's perfect. That's all I want. So I kind of try to find <laughs> those things. So with Barnaby, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go all in with the like book boyfriend with him. Like I had, I going in, I already knew the ending of the book before okay. I even created either character. And I just knew that the male character had to be the kind where any girl, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're just like, oh, God, he's just so sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whether you're like, oh, he's sweet like a little brother or sweet like, oh, my gosh, I want to marry him. I just wanted the overall consensus of Barnaby to be like, he doesn't exist in real life. Like, where can I, where can I find right. one? Where's he at? He's just, I want one. Yes, he just, it was really fun writing that too because like, um, like you said, not to give too many, um, too much, too much detail about the book or whatever. He seems when I say a character is perfect, we know the flaws that he has, and right. um, they're just it's 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 interesting to make someone real to make them seem so unreal, and then all of a sudden, like they're they're real because of the stuff that they're going through, Absolutely. and I think that was really fun for me because it almost. I think most of, like my betas, when they were reading the book, the first things they were saying were like when they were just texting me as they were reading, I love Barbie so much, but what's going on with him? I feel like something's going right. on with him. I'm like, yep. Right. That was very, <laughs> that was very intentional. I just wanted to build him up as like, you know, you know, per- I don't want to say perfect, but that's the word we're going to use for this. But I wanted to build him up and then kind of be like, hmm, that's another phone call he's gotten. Hmm, why would he miss yes. school for two days? Like, what are these little things? Yes. And he just doesn't acknowledge it. Um, exactly. So that was, like, really important for me. Well, well you know, Bill, I, I want to say just before that uh, drop the ball moment happens, I'm like, I want to say I uh, tagged you on one of my uh, Instagram posts, like, okay. You did. I know it's coming. <laughs> I you know did. it's coming and I'm like okay and then when it hit yep yeah yep <laughs> but you know what's crazy I was saying this because only three people peeped it if so you've read the book if you yes. read the book again you know from like the very beginning kind of like what's happening like it's it's there's little easter eggs throughout the story that if you read it again you're like oh my god it was in my face and only like three people when the book actually, not my betas, but when that book actually came out, uh, friends of mine were texting, like, I think this is going to happen. I'm like, wow. And then other people <laughs> were just like, I did not see that coming. I hate this book. I want it, you know. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, so if you were to read it again, you will literally, you could highlight, because I know you like to highlight, you would, you can yes. see like certain parts. It's like, oh, duh, this was saying it right here. Um, right. So that was important too. That was very intentional because I didn't want to. So just I was nervous to have a book like that uh, compared to like my my first book ended differently. And I was like, well, I don't want anybody to be like uh, they were blind sided. So I can always use like if you look on this page, if you look (laughs) (laughs) as my like I was trying to prepare you. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying. I gave you warning signs, you know, like my closest friends. I got drags like one of my best friends. She's a beta reader. And she was like. It will be one of my favorite books if you just erase the last two chapters. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, she was like, it's actually the worst book ever if you keep it as is. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> like two, two months before it's supposed to come out. Thank you for that. 
No, no. I, I think that um, authors have to consider. I mean, you guys have so many choices to make. Yes. To remain true to the story or to write it to make others happy. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's not about making others happy, but remaining true to the story. And I, I and I think that was needed for this yeah. particular book. For it to it make sense. had to yeah. remain true to its story. And I think you did an awesome, awesome job. Thank um, you. You know, this is my top, top, top read for the year. Oh my gosh. So far. Okay, like, first off, you said that in, in February and I'm like, well, it's early in the year. Oh my gosh, it's September? Oh my gosh, it, I'm it, making it through. As, as of September... <laughs> Um, it oh. is still my top read for the year. Um, now, as I've progressed through my book club this year, I added two separate reading lists. But for my main reading list for the book club, you're still at the top. So, oh, thank you so much. You, know, you only have a few more months. I know. I'm like, I got to hold on. I got to hold on. But I will say, yeah, I, you I have love... a few more months. Right. But um, you still have my top spot. I love that you said that about being true to yourself. I'm not going to lie. Like I said it before. I knew how the story was going to end before I even knew the kind of character Maisie was going to be before, before they even had names. I just knew, Ooh, I want to write a story like this. Um, But in the process of like adding and making them whole and individual separately, but together they're wonderful. I fell in love with both of them and it made me write an alternate ending. Really? yeah, because I was so emotionally invested that I did not, I don't want to, you know, you know what exactly. I'm trying to say. So yes. I wrote an alternate ending. It exists. It's fine, but I don't <laughs> think <laughs> it's good. It's okay. But I don't think mm-hmm. the whole point of the book, it wouldn't make sense. Like life happens. Things exactly. happen. We can't, exactly. you know what I mean? So, um, so I read it over and I like, I mean, the book my first draft of this book was done in December of 2016. I didn't okay. give, it was done. I did not give the draft to anyone to read until February of 2018. Like okay. that's how last year, and it came out last year, like, cause I just, I held on to it and I'm like, uh, am I going to like lose readers? Like gain readers? I was like, you know what? I don't care. The story is the way it's supposed to be. Um, yes. And if, it flops then it flops and this book is done way better than my first book and just not even like sales wise but even just the reception and I think it's because it stays true to what it is you know what I mean like I don't think all my fears of what I thought how it'd be perceived and received didn't happen so far knock Mm -hmm. on wood um but even (laughs) if it even if it did everybody you know your books aren't for everyone. That's just exactly. the life, you know, exactly. and I had to get out of that mindset. I wanted everyone to like, everybody give it a five star. You know, that's like, that's not right. Realistic. It's not realistic. It's exactly. not. <laughs> I got right. it. Once you got out of that, you become a better writer too. Like once you stop yeah. focusing on how people are going to like it, it's, it's easier to write. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's funny because I'm since, um, I've experienced what I did back in January. I've taken this personal growth journey. And so I have books that I'm reading specifically for that purpose to improve myself mm-hmm. and be the best version of Tracy that I can be. And yes. it, uh, uh, one constant thought through many, many books that I've read is you can only focus on yourself because you're, you can only yeah. control you. You can't control how everyone else is going to react or anything else. And also, 
that fear is needed in life in order to make us better people. Because if you had nothing to fear, you would never push further. You would never see, you know, how much fortitude you have or any of those things. So all of it is needed to be the best versions of ourselves. So, you know, I applaud you in your efforts to remain true to, uh, uh, true to Maisie and Barnaby's story. But also, I would like for you to do something for me. Uh, (laughs) It's a uh personal request. Uh I would like for you to stop saying, oh, my second book is way better than my first book because your first book... I know. I'm sorry. Your first book is still a good book. You know, after I read your first one, I'm like, okay, I I mean, your second one, I'm like, all right, I have to go back and get Her Butterfly Diary. And I read it. And it's still a good book. And it's nothing wrong with having growth as an author, but look how much you have grown between two books. Let me defend myself because okay. I will. Okay. <laughs> Let me defend myself. I don't know what you mean. I love her butterfly diary is my firstborn child. That's my baby. Zoe and Aiden are my heart. When I mean better, I mean, everybody knows that's subjective. So I shouldn't even say better. My issue was I was new to the writing world. I didn't follow writing community. I didn't know anything. I just knew that I've been writing for a decade. And finally, I was like, you know what? I need to do what makes me happy. Because during this time, I was on a process. I've gained all the weight back. But like, I lost 108 pounds in eight months. I was writing all these books. I'm like, I'm just going to do things that make me happy. So I decided after going to BookCon at the beginning of June, I'm going to release my book. And then I released the book in July. Okay. Any authors, writers listening to this podcast knows that that is insane. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't get a professional okay. edit. Like my aunt, I put a Facebook status up saying, Hey, I need an editor. My aunt was like, Hey, I'll edit. And she, it was more like, and I love that she took the time to do that. It was like 80,000. I don't know how, actually it's 103,000 mm-hmm. words. Um, but it was more of like a kind of a soft beta read, not like an actual like rules, okay. you know, and you know, there's rules in, you know, selling books yes. and stuff so there's so much I've learned in the writing community that it's difficult for me to read her butterfly diary because I see the mistakes and they might not be big mistakes to like I've noticed a pattern people who don't read all the time who've read my books love her butterfly diary more mm. my friends who are straight up book nerds like me who read multiple books a week love we are immeasurable and i think it's because we are immeasurable was professionally edited so not like the content okay. but i think it was easier read to read it was smoother softer so the plan is because when people buy people are still buying her butterfly diary and it makes me cringe and i hate saying that but it has nothing to do with the story it's because i want to give the best story people are paying me and like they don't deserve to have you know, poorly structured sentences and misspelled words. Not like I put psyche instead of psych, like stuff right. like that. It, it, I know it might be little to know, but for me, I'm not a perfectionist, but I have type A tendencies. So to see that now, it's very difficult. So the plan was to do a rewrite, have my editor who edited We Are Immeasurable edit that. And I was just going to release it with some cut scenes. A little bit of Aiden's POV that I, he, he was going to have a book, but I, I don't think that's happening anytime okay. soon. And people wanted that. So I was going to, you know, put a little passage in there and like a new cover. So it's like I only push We Are Immeasurable because I'm confident in that edit. 
And if I'm going to be like, hey, I have two books, I want to be confident. So it has nothing to do with the storyline. I, I love that storyline. And like the most fun I ever had writing was Her Butterfly Diary because it was just, there's no rules. Like I didn't, you know, I just went right. with it. The story was mm-hmm. there. So I, I, I will never, it's like picking your favorite child. I will never do that. <laughs> but We Are Measurable objectively has a better edit. And that's the only issue I have with the book is that the edit is not what it should be to be released, you right. know, because people are paying money for it. Oh, you know what sure. I mean? And I just feel sure. bad. I, like, I feel like I cut I can, res- I can respect that. <laughs> I, that I can respect because I, I definitely yeah. understand where you're coming from. But um, I just, the way I look at it, you took that chance to go ahead and publish that work. And, you know, there's so many True, yeah. people who don't publish works that should. So, you know, I just applaud you for taking that first step but also learning Thank from you. the step. You know what I mean? You took the first step yes. and you probably should have done things differently. But for your next, yeah. thing, you know, subsequent releases, because I know there will be more, <laughs> well, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. Just to get better. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I, one of the things you did say um, brings up a question that I think is probably one I'll ask any author that I um, interview. And that is the writing community. Do you fully embrace it? Are you a little bit apprehensive or you take the good with the bad? I'm a very, so I take the good with the bad with every situation ever, but uh, for the writing community specifically, I love it. Um, I see the drama here and there, but I don't partake in it. So to me, it doesn't pertain to me. Like I, I'm a friendly person. Anybody that knows me knows that I will I don't want to say make friends with anybody, but I can have a conversation with anyone. And I found nothing but support that could change, but I've been in the writing world. since my book came out in 2017, you know, so like two years, a little bit over uh, about two years and on Instagram, Instagram writer world and Twitter writer world are very Mm -hmm. different. Um, which is weird on Instagram. I kind of feel like it's, I don't want to say competition, but I don't feel like you get the same support. There's not a lot of communication on Instagram. So when I first released her butterfly diary, I wasn't really on Twitter. Like I had a Twitter for 10 years, but I never went to my Twitter app. And um, I don't know what actually made me start going, like made me go. And I just started following authors. And then like, before I knew it, it was just like this whole world of people who were just like, I'm going to retweet your book and, oh, I can't wait to buy your book and let's start this group and this and that. Just straight up support, like not fake support. No one's saying, I'll post your book if you post mine. It's like, oh, this is pinned to your page. I'm going to retweet it for you. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's that's how it should be. We should all be helping mm-hmm. each other because it's hard. Like people don't realize, I think a lot of people think when they hear self-publish, they think like, oh, you couldn't get an agent. It's That could be issues for some people but that's not the consensus for Mm -hmm. everyone and being self-published is so hard because you're responsible for everything so when you put your you know your blood sweat and tears in it and like there's only so much you can market to because you don't have a big publishing house Mm -hmm. behind you you rely on your author friends you know what I mean like in um I love it. So to long story short, I love the writing community. I haven't had any 
bad I feel like any drama that happens is usually like the tra- there's stuff going on in the traditional world and then everyone just like talks okay. about it um but I haven't seen any drama that would like you know steer me away from the writing community okay cool 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 because you know different authors have different um experiences and situations but i think that um just trying to take it on the independent um road isn't necessarily a bad thing and for some it may work better for their life you know yeah not to just discredit their writing abilities because they're not with a major publishing house it you know so um now um what do you have coming up for us So <laughs> I currently am working on five projects. Five. But I don't I don't something's broken in my head <laughs> and I can't so everyone everyone keeps saying to me like um like people who are writers like when I ask for advice because I, I go to a lot of like well I was going to a lot of conferences and panels and stuff just to hear authors speak, local authors, and I ask the same question. They all say, you know what? you need to just focus on one. One will speak to you and you'll lean towards mm-hmm. that one. So I've been living on that and it's not working. <laughs> like I'm telling you, I will write 10,000 words for one story and then be completely mm-hmm. over it. And then I move to the next one and I'll write 10,000 and then I'm over it. And then I go back to the one. I'm like, oh, I'm into it. 5,000 and then I'm over it. So um, I think it's because these stories were so real in my head that they're like just taking turns when to just be active. I know that sounds really weird, like a crazy. No, thing. it's not really. But um, I get it. <laughs> so like, yeah. So so like to know, I write normally. I write like contemporary YA, new adult. I like realistic mm-hmm. fiction, and um, and I'm doing two projects that are fantasy, which is completely out of my realm because I don't even really read fantasy, and I'm kind of a firm believer that if you're a writer, you should like read it in the genre. Okay you're you know writing I don't know if that's a rule or not that's just how mm-hmm. I feel and um I've read like two fantasy series in my life <laughs> like I'm like strictly like YA uh, person so it's tough but I see these stories so vividly so um the next book that may come out was actually supposed to be my first book to ever come out but I wrote 40,000 words for it back in the end of 2015 and I was like no I want something that's more dramatic something that's more blah 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 and then I was going through my old documents and saw like the first page of Her Butterfly Diary it was just like one Mm -hmm. page and then I wrote that book instead and then I wrote We Are Immeasurable and I'm like okay I keep pushing this book back Um, I think my issue is you've read both of my books they're emotional different types of emotion but it's like you're like there's a lot going on whatever um this third book will be a total different avenue it's YA it switches POV I don't really know how to describe it I feel like I'm rambling I don't know how to describe it yet because it's still raw but um it's it's kind of fluffy in a way there's not any there's emotions but not the kind like I feel like at this point with the readership that I have people expect to like be mad or crying or some type of heightened emotion and this book is just like an easy like a good read so it kind of makes me nervous to have that so to answer your question (laughs) I don't know what's next um I'm leaning towards that one because it's actually a finished draft 
and it, right now the title is called The Edge of Fairy Tale, and it's basically um, it's like this. And this is this is before Trump type Republican, just like a normal Republican, not whatever it is that he is. I don't know if I can get political on your show, so I won't say too much about that. <laughs> but it's like it's this white boy who's like this famous like son of a senator and he's like this pompous womanizing kid and he gets kicked out of his private college and he has to go to another college where there's this girl she's very studious um straight a she doesn't party all that kind of stuff and i'm pretty sure you can tell where it's going from there (laughs) but um but what's interesting like i i told you again this interview that I love writing char- like male characters who are just like this perfect mm-hmm. whatever. So it, it's been so interesting writing in the POV of an asshole okay. because it, he starts off as an asshole. And I think I've intricate, like, I, I think I've made it enough where he, the point is, I hope he redeemed himself. I hope I wrote it in a way where you're just like, he is such a jerk. Oh, wait, but he's still a jerk, but you know that kind okay. of thing so i don't know so i th- i'm leaning towards that one um we'll see i usually have like 3 hour phone conversations with my uh my beta she's great like my main beta she's the one that like wants to go through every single detail of all my stories and she'll tell me where okay. to go but um we'll see i was hoping to have something this time next mm-hmm. year but um I did that before I realized I was I was starting a new career and it's taken a lot out of me. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm still I'm still gunning for this time next okay, year. Okay, well I'm sure your baby will be here when it needs to be. So um, oh, d- you can't rush the process. You know it's going to come when it needs to come. Yes. Now um, I know that you do a lot. I know you just started a new career and you also have your own podcast that you do as well uh tell us a little bit about that okay so i have a podcast with my soul sis Kay blake um it's called bookish brown girls podcast um we record every other week but we've been like between (laughs) our next show is probably going to be next month not the monday coming up the monday after so two weeks um so basically our goal is it's for mm-hmm. everyone, but clearly the name is bookish, you know, Brown Girls Podcast. We want to focus on uh, women of color, people of color writing. Um, so our topics usually are about the writing process, your favorite books, the difficulties of writing. We've had so many topics, like I, I, we're in season two right now. We've had so many topics, but um, we just have a casual conversation about all things that affect us as black women writers, because let's be real, the rules are different. We like to act like the rules aren't, but they are. Um, So it kind of makes it a little tougher. Um, Something we hit on a lot is about how we're almost expected to teach people how it is to be black instead of just being allowed to tell stories like everyone else, you know what I mean? If you get if you get a book from a white author, you don't expect them to teach you what whiteness Correct. is. You just read the Correct. story. But for us, it's like every book has to be the hate you give. Yeah. Every book has to have a meaning. It's like that type of deep meaning. It's like sometimes we just have stories. Right. So um, we talk about that a lot. Um, but um, yeah, that's it. I, I love it. Like uh, 
it's just it's just good to kind of connect we're both indie authors we're both black we're both, you know so it's it's just it's a good energy um I definitely yeah. agree <laughs> and you know sometimes you'll get to you you two will get to talking and it'll just take this totally different turn and then I'm like wow <laughs> but I you know I, I can't say I've listened to every episode but there's certainly um I've listened to a lot yeah. of the episodes and um, your most recent one, um, at least the most recent that I listened to, you all took the um, mm-hmm. time to speak on Tony, uh, Miss Tony Morrison, excuse me, and um, yes. Yes. her contribution to the literary world, not just, you know, for the Black female author, but to, for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yes. I thought it was, it was a very... I really enjoyed that particular episode because to hear from an author's point of view, how the loss of such a great writer, like, you know, many articles have been written on her and, you know, they liken her writing to jazz. And I just think that, you know, to hear other authors give their sentiments on her uh, is amazing. And, um, you know, yeah, (laughs) I I, I really enjoyed that. It was tough doing that show. It was tough doing that one just because, I think we did it like literally the week after or no, a couple of days mm-hmm. after. I, I can't remember. It was like right after. And it was just when Kay texted, she was like, you know, I think we should do a show dedicated to her. I'm like, I knew it was coming because I know that's that's one of Kay's like, that's probably her top like author. Um, and it was just it's just weird. You always feel there's a start. I think we said it on the show. There's a certain people you feel like are just supposed to be here right. forever. You kind of forget that we're right. human. And she was one of them. She was one of them. Like when I, regardless of Mm -hmm. her age and her Mm -hmm. health, I don't care if they said Tony, uh, miss, I, how many times we correct ourselves by calling her Tony? I would not (laughs) disrespect her like that. But, um, um, I don't care if it would have said she was 103 and she'd been sick for three years, whatever. It's still like, she's not physically here anymore. That was, it's just, it's a heavy, heavy feeling. Um, so yeah, it was really important. It, It would be a disservice if we black women, have a podcast together where we discuss that and not have not speak Absolutely. about her. So um yeah. And I definitely recommend any of my listeners to go and check out that episode specifically as well as the other ones, but I really think that you guys did a great job in just speaking on what she meant to you all. Like, you know, I th- I think it's important to hear Thank it you. from authors and um you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's important to hear it from you guys as well. Now, um, I guess uh, the last thing I would want to know is if you had a chance, the opportunity to go back in time when you first started, oh. <laughs> when you, let's say your 18-year-old <laughs> self, and you had okay. to tell your 18-year-old self, a, a bit of advice what would it be oh don't major in education you want to be a writer I I would tell myself to start reading for fun I didn't start reading for fun until I was 20 okay. as a person who listens to the podcast you know I've managed to always bring up yes. Twilight no matter what <laughs> happens but that's what happened like I started reading Twilight and I was like oh gosh this is what books are <laughs> like this is fun um and it was if it wasn't for that I know I wouldn't be published because that wasn't a world that that wasn't in my world but um I would just tell myself slow down figure out what you want 
don't figure out, don't pay attention to what all your friends are doing around you. So you can just like be a part of that. Just figure out what you want. Um, and like, I feel like I gave Barnaby way too much credit. Not, uh, we talked about Barnaby a lot in the beginning. I didn't give Maisie any credit because she's like the protagonist she was. of the story. She was. Yeah. So I want to say in like writing, I feel like, I think that's kind of why I write YA in these teenagers. Because like, yes, the situations that happen with Zoe and Maisie aren't things that directly happened to me. I kind of feel like I put myself in the shoes if I were in their situation type thing or what I wish I would do. So like Maisie, you said she was strong. That was so like on purpose because I'm not as strong as mm-hmm. she is. I can't like I talk about with my friends all the time. I cannot lose my my parents. Like I can't that's not a thing that's even in my mind. And I'm gonna be 31 next month. You know what I mean? So I feel like if I was talking to eight year old me, just be more confident. Just like I just sound so cliche, but like believe in yourself because I still have issues with my confidence. Mm-hmm. I think everybody still has issues, but it was like really bad. So I was very like codependent on the friends and people around me. And, and that led me to a college I probably shouldn't have gone to. And that led me to an occupation I probably shouldn't have gone into just because I was just so like insecure and didn't have confidence, but I was trying to act like I did. So I would just say, be strong, stay on your ground, do what you got to do because everything is temporary. Like all the things I harped over at 18, I can't even remember now. Right. You know what I mean? You, there's not even like these big, huge problems are, I can't even name exactly. them. And they were like, earth, they were earth shattering. So to see character, like to write characters who actually go through life changing, crazy stuff. And they're just way stronger than me. And like, I would cry over little stuff. I think that's what I would say to myself. Just like woman up, man up, you know? Well, you know, like I, when I took all my various notes and highlights throughout um, we are immeasurable. I always, you know, came back to the, you know, just breathe. Sometimes that's all you oh, can yes. do. And that's what Maisie did. So please don't think I did not relate to Maisie. She was an amazing, amazing young woman. And Thanks. it took time for her to fully recognize her potential. But she yes. did it. And she did it yes. her way, you know? Like a lot yes. of times people want to push us to do things differently. Like, come on, you can do this. And you're like, I, yeah, I can, but just let me do it my way. Right. So, um, yes, Maisie. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't want it to be misconstrued as like, oh, she was nothing until Barnaby came and showed up. No, no. no, it was like she just she had her goals. She wanted to like go to this new school, graduate, live her life like it's golden, whatever. And then he was just there to remind her, like, there are other things you can focus on. So that was my biggest fear. I, I hate the whole like knight in shining art comes and right. saves the girl type right. thing. Like that's fine if that's what the story is, but that trope has been done a yes. lot. And so I was so nervous. Like, I don't want anybody thinking that she was just like this dormant. It's not a spoiler. Blind girl says it on the Correct. back. Blind girl. Um, until the wonderful Barnaby came in. He was just there to be like, you can have fun and still yes. like, like you're do focused, other stuff. but it's, it's okay to have, you know, have a little bit of fun while you're focused. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, BL, I certainly do appreciate you taking a moment, a few minutes to, you know, just discuss your greatness as an author. (laughs) 
thank you. Uh, you know, I'm really weird at taking compliments, so I just like. Uh. <laughs> I'm just telling you know, like I said, I'm really connected to this story based on where I was at in my life. And that's why it's important for me to read. It's my stress reliever. And although some stories may make you cry, some may make you laugh, Mm -hmm. but my goal, my ultimate goal is to always take away something positive from whatever I read. Mm -hmm. So that's why I, you know, when I do my reviews, yeah, I tell a little bit about the story, but I specifically say what spoke to my soul because that's the point of me reading. I, I needed mm-hmm. to speak to me and tell me and help me direct my path on what I'm trying to do. And, and you, if you approach it that way, sometimes you'll find the reading even more enjoyable. You know, it, yes, fiction. I love that. But yeah. it still can speak to you. So I, I just appreciate how much your story spoke to myself. Thank you so much. <laughs> and it really means, it really means a lot to me because like, I, I don't even know. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It just, I, I'm horrible at taking, like, if this was like an in-person interview, this would be horrible because I'm just like blushing. I'm by myself and I'm just like, Ooh. So, <laughs> I really appreciate the kind words. It, it certainly was my pleasure reading the book and a pleasure speaking with you this evening. And I hope, hope you. you, you know, accomplish everything you, you are setting out to accomplish uh, I wish you well in your new career and I look forward to when your next baby will grace us with their presence. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Alrighty, I will catch you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>